The opioid overdose crisis is getting worse. Fentanyl, a drug that is 100 times more potent than morphine, is the main reason why. Our investigative team traveled to Laredo, Texas, near the U.S.-Mexico border to learn what's being done to stop the deadly drugs from making it into your neighborhood. Investigative reporter Jen Titus traveled out there. She just got back. She joined me for a frank conversation. We're talking about Laredo, and you went there for a reason that is impacting a lot of communities as we're talking about fentanyl. Jen Titus, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I mean, I should be asking you. I mean, you only went one time zone over as you went yeah. to uh, the, the middle of the map there, so to speak. So, so what did you figure out there as we're talking about fentanyl? Yeah, so we, we basically, for the past couple of months, we've really been covering this epidemic that we are having here in the Tampa Bay area. And so we spent months looking into what's being done locally, what's being done statewide, um, what, what we're seeing here, maybe potential solutions, legalization of fentanyl test strips that are illegal now that some say would help with this epidemic. So we covered all of that, but we, we're still seeing a record number of overdoses. So we really were like, what are we missing? And we really felt like that missing piece of the puzzle was heading down to the border because what we know with fentanyl is that it is manufactured in China and then shipped over to Mexico and then it makes its way across the border. So we really wanted to go down there and we were able to um, sit with uh, Customs Borders and Protection officials and really see what they are doing to stop the drug from getting into our communities because we know it is getting in there and we want to see what's being done to stop it. Great. So the common thread among this issue when we talk about addiction um, is the fatal impact that it's having on families and people are trying to deal with that. But just to see it up close and personal in terms of where it's entering the country, what was that like for you as a person who documents events for a career? Yeah, you know, I didn't know. I guess we really didn't know what to expect when we got down there, right? You saw, you see the, the report, you see what's going on in certain areas along the border. And so we really didn't know what to expect. We had, you know, a few people calling us and making sure that we were going to be okay, that we were going to be able to be safe. So once we land in Laredo, I mean, it is just, I think that was the biggest eye-opening thing is that it is this huge city. It's bigger than the city of St. Pete. It has more mm -hmm. than 300,000 people. It has every single restaurant, store you can imagine. It's this thriving city. And we met with the mayor there, and he's like, we're the third safest city from some new report that came out in America because we have so many law enforcement. We have customs, we have FWC, we have sheriffs. So that was you know, really opening for how safe it, we did feel down there, being along that the U.S.-Mexico border, that is, you know, a topic of so many headlines right now. So it was really interesting uh, to see that and see how important the border is to that community, uh, being uh, Mexico, because they, they are such a big shipping port. They're the number one shipping port in all of along the U.S.-Mexico border. I mean, there's 10,000 trucks that come through there a day. It's consumer goods. It's cars. It's vegetables. We rely so much on the Mexico trade across the country and in Texas. And so that was really interesting to see that I wasn't expecting. And so as you were able to walk and talk with Mayor Peter Sines, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the, some of the things that just weigh him down, you know, mentally, obviously the overdoses and the crime 
that is a problem there. As he said that, you know, um, they've seen more overdoses this year versus last, and that is not the way they want to be trending. What is it that keeps them up at night that, that you really discovered? Yeah, that's what, you know, that's the thing about this drug and what they're seeing there. It's not just making its way across the border and then heading out, that it is staying in some of those communities. And so we saw that uh, they're seeing that right now. So they have started a huge uh, program to really cut down the awareness of this drug, how deadly uh, this drug is. And that's the problem with fentanyl is so many people who have addiction, they're not looking for fentanyl. They're looking for maybe a pain pill. They're looking for some type of drug, but um, uh, the dealers and those with fentanyl are just lacing it with everything. And that's what's making it so scary. And that's why we're seeing such a number of overdoses. And that's what we know is that so many people don't want to take this drug. It just is being laced in just everything right now. Yeah, I noticed that in my coverage living up in Northeast Ohio. I was there for six years and uh, covering the opioid issues up there in Ohio. It was a lot of the same, which is unfortunate. Uh, but as you mentioned, people lacing drugs with fentanyl and then just, you know, people out there who may have had a, a minor injury and they needed a prescription. And yep. all of a sudden it spiraled into something that they, they didn't even know they were getting themselves into. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, you know, that's what I really think that's what the mayor is really working on down there is to, to bring an awareness that this, that this drug is out there and how, how deadly it can be. So it was just interesting to see that while we're seeing it be a huge impact in our community. It's the same story, unfortunately, around so many counties in America, like you said in uh, Ohio, and then what he's seeing right there, right along the border. It's just making its way a couple feet over, and it's and it's staying there. So that indeed makes uh, parts of South Texas look a lot like Florida. Yeah, exactly. That's got to be problems. Yeah, you traveled several hours away, and you felt right at home from some of the stories you've had to cover. They've got some new technology out there. What, what is this about, right? Because it can only do so much, but it does a whole lot more than it once did. Yes, and that's, and that's why we chose to go down to Laredo, Texas, because the thing about Laredo is because, like I mentioned, it's like such a big shipping port. They have, you know, 10,000 trucks a day. We know that that's where a lot of the drugs are being smuggled across to in these big semi-trucks. And so what they've done down in Laredo is they um, are kind of started a pilot program for this multi-energy uh, portal machine. And basically the best way to describe it is like what you and I go into at the airport. Like we go and we get scanned and now they have this machine where um, semi-trucks can actually drive through and be scanned. They have a room where there's agents looking at what's being scanned. I mean, they are able uh, to see, I think eight to 10 feet inside steel. They're able to see places inside these trucks that they weren't able to see before. They found, they just had a big meth bust where they found it wrapped up in broccoli inside a freezer. They found, you know, they found fentanyl in like uh, wheel beds, places that they weren't able to detect it before because of this technology. So they really feel like this is the answer because what they don't want to do down be at the border, because like we mentioned, it's such a big part of our trade and it could really affect you as consumers if they slow down the traffic so they say it's not reasonable to stop every single truck unload every single truck and then go on so they need to find that balance where they don't slow the trade but then they also stop the trucks coming in and they think with this machine they have found that because it really takes i think an additional 10 minutes for these trucks to 
once they make it through entry point one and they get flagged to go through yeah. this machine. You mentioned that because we talk about, okay, look at all of this that they were able to take off the streets and it begs the question, how much did they miss? Not because of negligence on their part, but they can only do so much and we see how much they've been able to do because of how pervasive this problem is. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's the big question we had for them is like, they'll tell me that they have a record number of seizures, but we're still seeing a record number of overdoses, so is enough being done? And the thing with this technology is that they have one of these machines at the Laredo port, and they have one other at another port along the U.S.-Mexico border, but that's only two of these machines for 50 points of entry along the U.S.-Mexico border. And Wait, so when we ask- 50 points, 50 points. Yes, and so two of these machines. And if you think of 10,000 trucks alone at Laredo, and not every single truck is going through this machine, it's only the trucks that are being flagged at that point of entry. So they eventually tell me that they're gonna have four more of these machines in Laredo, but that's gonna take more than a year before they get those four machines. So they think they have this solution, it's just going to take time. And of course, with that time, we know that things can happen and those um, drugs continue to make its way across. Things can happen as you alluded to uh, in a year's time, year over year, they've seen more fatal overdoses. So in 12 months time, inevitably it, it would seem uh, with as, as lethal as this drug is, this problem persists. Yeah, so, you know, and we, and we really press them on that. Are, are more resources needed? and. And they have old technology, but of course it's not, they don't, it's not as good as this new technology. They have dogs and they have, and they, they're, they're doing everything they can down there. And that's what um, the assistant port director explained to us that so many people who work there at the port, who work there with CBP, they're, you know, Laredoans. They are born and raised in Laredo and they don't want to see this drug in their community. So they're really doing everything they can to make sure that these drugs stay out, that they are seized, they're stopped. But again, only so much they can do when we're talking about, I mean, 10,000 trucks a day. Yeah, um, and you know, clearly you're not law enforcement. You talk to them about their personal stories, but what I guess I'm getting at is that they share the sheer numbers with you. They share some of their stories with you. You get quickly acquainted with them. Yeah. All of that is overwhelming to you and you don't work in law enforcement. Just talk to me about the emotions involved in covering such a vast problem. Yeah, I know we've, we've spent, like I said, we've spent months, we've talked to family after family who has lost somebody from a fentanyl overdose. And that's the thing that they all tell us is that they know that their loved one didn't mean to take that. Like their loved one popped a pill and they, they, we believe that they wouldn't have gone looking for fentanyl, but it just happened to be laced with it. So we talked to these families and, and unfortunately it's, it's easy to find a family who's lost somebody from a fentanyl overdose because we are seeing these record numbers. The DEA talks it, calls it uh, the single largest drug threat our nation has ever faced. So we talked to these families and then going down there and seeing what's being done. And, you know, and again, they're doing everything they can. And, and the thing about Laredo is once it makes its way over to Laredo, it can get anywhere in the continental U.S., to put it in perspective, in just a day and a half. It can mm -hmm. get into Tampa Bay in just 19 hours. So really just, you know, talking to people and hearing these stories. And I think that's how they've just stayed on this topic to really 
cover every single angle to see everything that is being done to stop this drug from coming into the community, coming across the border. You know, the positive I can definitely tell, one of the positives I can take out of this, um, Jen, is the fact that we are showing attention to this because, you know, as someone who grew up uh, in, the, in the 80s and 90s and communities that were ravaged by the crack epidemic, attention was not paid to these types of issues as it should have been. And the people who were victims of the circumstance were maligned. Um, and, you know, I've spoken with several officials who said, you know what, we did handle that the wrong way. And so, uh, unfortunately, those were examples of the wrong way to handle it. But some people took note and they said, okay, we have to do much better. And this is the problem where they have an opportunity to do a whole lot better with handling these types of situations. Yeah, and I think, you know, too, maybe the, you know, the studies, the stats, the data, and all of that it is out there hopefully better than what the, you know, the 80s and the 90s. So, you know, people can see that we do have this problem. We do have this epidemic, and we know statewide there was a task force that was created um, with lo local law enforcement, statewide um, officials to see what needs to be done. Law-wise, if there's laws that need to be changed, um, uh, we focused on the death by distribution law, where if you're caught distributing fentanyl, you can be uh, charged with murder if it led to death. So there are things um, to that where I think that continues just to bring the awareness to this problem that we're dealing with. No doubt. I know there's only so much you can talk about as you're trying to piece together uh, future investigative pieces. But I say that to say this. This story splinters so many different directions with all the conversations you have. And from that, we find the stories that you cover that you cover so well, right? Um, where do you think we need to turn our attention next? We always wanna have those uh, loved ones remaining, you know, from folks who lost someone front and center of these stories. But where do you think we turn our attention next in terms of raising awareness for the community, for folks who may, for whatever reason, not realize how deep this impacts them, even if they don't think it does. I think it's really, like you said, it's the awareness and people knowing that there is help out there. When we sit down and we talk to these families who have lost somebody um, uh, to fentanyl, to an overdose, they always come back and say they didn't realize the help that is available. They didn't realize that they could get free Narcan. You can go, there's resources that you can find in the state of Florida uh, where free Narcan is available and a lot of the families we said they wish they would have known that it was so hard for them to try to find it so that they could have it inside their home in case that they did have to um, deal with a worst case a scenario and their loved one was having an overdose and they needed that Narcan available so I think really right now because what we are seeing and we are raising that awareness it's also just making sure that people know about the resources that are available um, for them and we have that all of that available at 10tampabay.com slash overdose they can find uh, resources, help groups, where to find the free Narcan. We have really wanted to make sure that was a part of our stories over the past couple of months so people knew where to turn. We don't only show you this problem, show you these possible, possible solutions, but we also show you that help is out there and where to find it. Phenomenal job reporting. Um, you all need to check this out because uh, Jen does an awesome job with uh, an unfortunate situation. Uh, it was well-written voiced, uh, shot well, and um, I imagine there were some security measures as you went into certain spaces that you had to keep in mind that maybe you didn't know going into that. Um, 
but I look forward to any of your future reports on this topic or anything else out there in the community. Is there anything you'd like to tell our friends out there uh, before I let you go? Because I know you, you're a busy woman. Yeah, yeah no, if, if, if they ever want to reach us, make sure they, you know, reach out to us about anything. If they have some sort of angle or something, if this really hits home to them, if they want us to look at something that we haven't looked at yet, please reach out to me. Um, my email is jtitus at tedtampabay.com. No doubt a great resource. Make sure to check out the previous episodes of A Frank Conversation. We do these bi-weekly. Meantime, make sure to take care of you and yours. And until next time, have a good one.